This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And first off, I must apologize to anybody who might be listening to this show that lives in the Buffalo, New York uh, area or in the city itself. I must apologize before what I talk uh, start with the show with uh, to you because once you hear what I'm going to talk about, you're going to be saying, "Oh, that's cute." All right, that's. I'm just, I'm acknowledging that right off the bat. <clears throat> it's winter, although the calendar is not saying it's winter yet. That's not until the December 21st. But here in Minnesota and in the upper Midwest of the United States and in much of Canada and, and such, uh, it's it's been winter for a month now. Uh, it, it doesn't... You know the 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 weather doesn't care about what the calendar says. It says okay, the the angle of the Earth has changed enough, uh, the facing away from the sun, uh, and so it doesn't get as much direct sunlight for as long uh, in the day, uh, and so it's getting colder. And in, in this area, that means other than just cold air, it means snow. All right, so I I ha- I have a chat that's been going on with. Uh, a uh, couple of friends I've mentioned them before. One lives out in California. The the other one lives in Australia, and we we have this group texting going with each other, and we'll talk about what's going on weather wise and how's the the uh, the pandemic going on, how's the COVID and all that stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about that and maybe some what's going on with politics. Not so much what's going on with politics in in Australia, which must have also apologized there. I'm an American, and Americans don't tend to. I think, uh, tend to know much about what's going on in the politics of other parts of the world. I don't know how the other parts of the world, uh, how much they know about the politics going on in the United States, but I have a feeling they have a little bit more of a, of a understanding or at least knowledge of what's going on politically here in the United States than someone like myself in the United States knows about what's going on in other countries. I, I do try to know some stuff and read some things here and there, but it's just, you know... I'm an American, so of course I think our, we're the most important people in the world. <clears throat> I hate to admit such a thing, but I guess that's a, sort of a default that we are raised with. <clears throat> anyway, so the conversations will be about any of that kind of stuff, but usually, a lot of times, it's about weather. Uh, and I was asked if uh, if we here in Minnesota, I was asked by one of the, uh, I don't know if it was the California guy or the Australia guy that asked, but... Will we up here be having a white Christmas? And I said, oh, yes, yes, not a problem. We're going to have a white Christmas. Um, 
we had a, you know a couple snow events, uh, snow storms or winter storms or just snow, depending on how you want to call it. Uh, we had uh, a, a couple events uh, leading up to just this past week. Uh, the most recent one before that uh, got a fair amount of snow, seven inches or so, and but and that you know is a pain in the ass as they are because uh, you're driving through it slows traffic got a shovel Ugh. and <clears throat> that the weather after that snowstorm had warmed up quite a bit that we were getting a bit of melt so it was like yeah we might have a white christmas but it's going to be kind of slushy white not great white christmas you know but uh just this past week we were going to have a snow event. We were going to have a winter storm. We were going to have a snowstorm. We were going to get snow. And it started overnight, Tuesday into Wednesday. It's the snow started, and uh, and it's kind of still going. <laughs> uh, it off and on, and not as uh, uh, full bore snowing all the time. But it would stop for eight hours and then pick up again or it would you know it, it just get real light or whatever but it's been it's been going on now and i think at this point uh the total accumulation at least what i've shoveled thus far is about eight inches of snow now this is where the people in buffalo buffalo new york are all saying eight inches of snow that's cute because they got something like six or seven feet that lake effect snow is insane i don't know how they deal with it but they do so it's and they bring it up because yeah it, it's yes we will have a white christmas because we did get plenty of snow on top of what was what was already there but was receding but now the temperatures have gotten down a little bit we've got some snow on top of that and i've had to shovel four mornings in a row yes i use a snowblower for a good portion of it but i call it shoveling sue me because I do use a shovel for another significant point, uh, part of what I do. And I take care of my uh, my walkways, you know, around our house and uh, driveway. And I also take care of the next-door neighbor's uh, walkways in front of her house and around it and her driveway. And there's a little bit of an alley that has access to her garage, and I take care of that. So it's a fair amount of shoveling and snowblowing to do. And doing it every morning for the last four mornings has been uh, and i think there was an evening evening shovel in there somewhere if i'm not mistaken so this this morning uh i i actually just shoveled everything because there was just enough snow on there for shoveling but it didn't make sense to pull the snow blower out so i did that it's just uh, and then as the week this week moves forward we're going to get very cold temperatures high temperatures are probably going to stay below zero not get much into the single digits for long it's just going to be cold it's it's going to be cold so by the time christmas rolls around which is next weekend it will it will have a nice white christmas which is i which is fine it's great because you know winter it's weird it's somebody posted a meme that had a pie chart on there uh expressing how the year feels and how long it goes, it takes. You know how long each month. How how much of a of a uh, slice of pie each month has through the course of a year. And it's just as this is just perception, of course. But how does it feel? 
I mean, you know, they, they have the same number of days each year as they've always had, except for every four years, February gets an extra day. But the chart was like this. It was a pie chart. So it had more than half of the, of the pie was two slices, one for January, one for February, because that is the longest bit of the year, especially if you live in winter climate. If you live in a part of the world that gets the snow and cold and ice and all that crap, if you get that, you know why January, you do know that January and February, that they feel like they take up more than half the year. Because it's just, ugh. January was slightly larger in that slice of pie, I think, because, well, January has three more days usually than February does. And so there you go. And the rest of the year, was filled into the less than half of it and the summer was real those those slices were real thin through the june july august months they're real thin and i think that's that's pretty accurate and you know, december and you know, it seems a bit i think if i'm not if i'm picturing right december has a kind of a slightly bigger slice but it's just there's something about winter in that even though the calendar doesn't say it's winter yet as i said it started in mid-november or whatever uh even though the calendar doesn't say it uh it goes quickly right up through new year's day because you've got all this stuff to look forward to you know if you if you celebrate such holidays you got you got october that kind of kicks off the holiday season sort of after october it's the lead up to thanksgiving and then there's there's then there's christmas and then there's new year's now that's those are the main deals that there's other holidays you know, hanukkah's in there uh kwanzaa that not as many people celebrate but they're there and they're all in that little section of the year so we're all leading up to it right so it's we all have or most of us have even if you're an atheist like me i still look forward to christmas because even though i'm not down with the the mythology of christmas i still like the idea at the end of the year we get together as families we exchange gifts maybe or just come together just to be there we send out cards to our friends and family just to say hey we're thinking of you this time of year you know just to you know we're nicer to each other we try to be anyway and i what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that just because it's a complete and total utter myth about why christmas exists it's just it's there it is so we have all that stuff to look forward to so that last that the last couple months of the year seem to go unless you're a kid seem to go pretty quick you know i'm waiting for christmas when you're a kid is is takes forever but as an adult it's like it's what wait wait a minute what, how many days do i have left to shop three oh crap <laughs> you know that kind of thing so uh, then after that after after january 1st that's when the long slog happens if you're a fan of sports ball you do have other things to distract you you've got you've got the super bowl coming you know, which that's that happens in February. So you do, and you got so, and by January you're in the playoff season for football. So that's each week you you know, and that's the thing about football. Every week is an event. There's only 17 regular season games. There used to be 16, and this year they went to 17. There are 17 regular season games. Each game is an event. It's not like baseball. Baseball's got 162 games. Yeah, you know, each it's a marathon. It's not a, it's it's not a sprint. This is the things the clichés I've heard other sports people talk about. And it's so 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 football is easy for fans because it's 
and I mean American football, not that European football, or I'm sorry, world football, not that. Uh, it's just, it's it's just easier to keep track of. And as I said, each week is an event. Your team, you know, is your team going to win and all that? And sometimes the event isn't as great because you get a couple terrible teams playing, or whatever. But yeah, and so you've got that. If you're a sports person, then you know you can you can have. That, that the January to February for waiting for the Super Bowl to happen. Then you still have a long February to go through. Unless you're a baseball fan and, you know, the pitchers and, and catchers showed up in, I think, late January for spring training. So stuff is starting to happen and baseball's starting to come. And boy, do I miss baseball. <laughs> I miss baseball. So, yeah, uh, I've shoveled every morning and at least, I think, one evening the last four days. And this morning when I shoveled, by the time I was finishing up, uh, I realized, you know, it's still snowing a little bit. And it was about an eighth of an inch on the ground, what I had just shoveled. And I thought, ah, shit, I'm probably going to have to shovel again tomorrow. St uh, tune in next week to see if I did. <laughs> uh, winter, why do we live here? So, um, speaking of uh, sports ball, uh, let's see how much time have I got. Uh, I'll get it started. Um, I had talked about uh, soccer, as we Americans call it. World football, as I suppose, as we should call it, or just football. But I call it world football because, you know, there's American football. And, you know. and uh, I, I talked about how, uh, uh, to me, and this is to me, and I think I think a lot of Americans or a lot of people in general, if you're even even if they're sports ball people, people that like sports ball or sports, they're not sports ballers. I call sports ballers the people that don't like sports and don't like hearing about it. Sorry, but uh, I call them sports ballers because you know. But if you're a sports fan, uh, soccer eh, eh, might not be your thing. It's for me. It's not. It's because a games that end in a tie that can be. A, I, I don't know how that's exciting. And a tie with no score? <laughs> really, we just spent, like, what, two hours and nothing? That the same score at the beginning of the game is at the end? Really? We're excited about that? Well, yeah, the ball got close to the net, like, three times. Uh, great. Okay, well, I'm not going to... Let's not go all over it again. I have a friend, this friend that uh, is in Australia. He says, you know, if you think... Soccer's boring. What do you think of cricket? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I think of cricket when I come back from my break. I'm going to go to a break uh, a little bit early, but why not? Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return uh, after, this, uh, after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio.
Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. That beats all the competition. And we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <clears throat> now, sports ballers, don't get too wrapped up in this, because I'm not going to get into the deep details of cricket. Because okay, so I don't know shit about cricket. <laughs> I don't. I still don't know. I, I, I do have a, a helpful uh, um, explanation kind of thing that I will get into in a moment. But, uh, but I'm just using this to talk about other things. And you'll just just go on this nice little ride with me, okay? All right, so everything I know about cricket, up until a friend of mine helped me out here, uh, everything I knew about cricket came from either uh, Monty Python's uh, Flying Circus, because cricket shows up in there a few times. It's, it, they, they kind of show people playing. They, they, kind of, they kind of make fun of how boring it is. They, you know, and how English it is. They do stuff like that. That's Monty Python. That's their, that's their thing. And the other thing that I know of cricket is uh, uh, the British sitcom called uh, The Good Life, which came out in the early, mid-70s, somewhere in there. And it was a huge popular show in the UK. And it's somewhere along the end of the 70s or into the 90s, or not 90s, uh, 80s, uh, public television here in the United States started playing that series. Uh, But they renamed it Good Neighbors because I guess there was another American sitcom that was called The The Good Life, and they didn't want to cause confusion. So they, they, uh, they called it Good Neighbors. And... And just to, you know, I've, I know I've talked about the show before on this program, but it's one of my, if not my, favorite sitcom. I, 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 I like it so much. I like the characters in there. Despite what Vivian of the Young Ones says about it being nice. Everybody's nice! All of us all nice! All nice! You know, doing all that shit. Uh, <laughs> I like it because it's nice. It's comforting. There's something about it. I just like the characters in there, even though the lead character, and this is kind of what I'm going to get into, the lead character of that show, uh, Tom Good, is kind of an asshole. I mean, he's a likable asshole, but he's kind of an asshole. And the actor who played him, Richard Briers, had talked about how he didn't really like the character that much because I don't think he put it in, in the same words I'm, I'm using, but because I, I gather from what Richard had talked about, it's he's kind of an asshole. So anyway, uh, he likes cricket. 
uh, Tom Good, the character in the show. Okay, I give you a brief synopsis of the series. Uh, in the first episode, we meet Tom and Barbara Good. They're upper middle class, or not quite upper, but they're you know somewhere in there. Uh, they live in a, a suburb of uh, of uh, uh, called Surbiton. Uh, uh, they live in this uh, you know kind of you know tony area, but not not super high, but just you know, this is kind of close. And they're you know they're a married couple. They've been married for quite a, lot, a while. There's no kids, which is convenient for the story. The writers have said you know if we had kids in this, it's going to complicate things. So no kids. And they live next door to another couple. Uh, they're friends with this couple. This is a kind of a high-living couple that uh, have have money, and they they spend money, and they love the expensive things, and and all of that. And uh, and they too do not have kids, so as not to complicate things. Well, in the first episode, Tom turns forty, and he doesn't feel like his life is is fulfilled. You know, he lets the audience know that the house is paid for. That's important for what they're going to do. Because uh, they wouldn't, you know, how would they be able to do it if they didn't own their house outright? They, you, know, you, know, you have to make them pay a mortgage. Well, he he has this job working for a plastics factory in which he's the, the, the head designer in, in the design uh, office. And there's a bunch of young fellas in there in their 20s. And then there's Tom, who's just turned 40. And... He, they, you know, they're, they're designing plastic toys that go into s cereal boxes. That's, I guess, that's part of what the company does. And you know, Tom's on the, you know, fifth floor, but uh, or fourth, whatever floor he's on. It's, it's like a, there's a. You learn a little bit about this corporate culture that the higher you are in the building, which the higher floor that you're on, the the more important you are to the company the more status you have. And Tom just kind of seems to stay in the same situation there, while his friend who lives next door to him, named Jerry, there's Jerry and Margo live next door. Jerry got hired at the same time as Tom. They were friends, apparently, before this. And they got hired at the same company. Uh, Jerry makes his way up the corporate ladder because he knows how to crawl. He knows how to play the corporate game. Anyway, so Tom's not feeling fulfilled. He's talking to his wife, Barbara, uh, played by the wonderful Felicity Kendall. Uh, and he, he's just like, there's just something missing. There's something missing from his life. He, there's something, it, he calls it. Well, he figures it out. He wants to live the life of, 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 of life itself. You know, it's not going to work and earning a paycheck and, you know, turning, you know, spending that and, and buying things. And he just wants to, you know, live life by, by sustaining yourself, you know, by, by becoming as self-sufficient as possible. Not leaving the house, just turning their little plot of land, their front garden, their background into a farm, uh, which they can grow produce to feed themselves and keep some animals. And they, they be as self-sufficient as possible. He builds a generator that runs on, on, on animal manure. And, uh, you know, so they, they don't have to pay electricity bills and all that. And it helps that England has a national health care system, universal health care, so they don't have to worry about paying for medical bills because there is an episode in which a doctor has to come and visit and take care of Tom because he threw out his back. So that's also convenient and good for the story. <laughs> it's that, that works helps make the story work. So that's what they do. They drop out. Right. And so that's the, that's the gist of the story on, on the how they make it work over the course of something like two years. 
the story was because the last episode of the, of the series, uh, Tom turns 42, and it's sort of a you know, where have they gotten to in this experiment that they've done. And it's a, it's a wonderful series. The characters are very likable, even though Tom is kind of an asshole. Tom likes cricket. And this is the other place where I've learned stuff about cricket. Now, what I, what I knew about cricket, uh, without Monty Python's help, and without uh, the, the Good Life's help, was that I knew that it was, I knew it was a sport. There are uh, people that pitch the ball or bowl it. I think they call it bowling. And I, I think they, they, that's what they call it. And there's, uh, there, are, I think there are innings to the game, and it's kind of uh, like baseball. And in fact, it was one of the games that baseball was somewhat uh, modeled after, and another game called Rounders, and that you know, baseball kind of morphed from them and became the greatest game ever devised by human beings. So I have that in there about cricket but tom you know he's this huge fan of cricket the first episode where he's he's beginning to have that midlife crisis he's in with all these young guys in his design studio uh, office whatever and he finds out that all the young guys had played cricket over the over the weekend and he said well why didn't somebody tell me and the, the young fellow that he's talking to says well we got my dad to umpire and he says, I don't mean to umpire, I would have liked to play. And they thought, well, we didn't think you'd be up to it at, at my age. He says, well, yeah, <laughs> you're 40. He says, I'll let you know that certain, that Jack Hobbs, a player who played cricket, had scored more than half of his first century, whatever they call it, centuries, or what, it's something, scoring term terminology, you know, after he was 40. And the young guy says, who's Jack Hobbs? And he says, you little swine, you dirty little swine, <laughs> says Tom. So it's, 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 so he's, this is part of the, it, it, something doesn't feel right. I'm not getting everything out of life. And he goes and he talks to his friend Jerry, who's up a couple of floors, because he's made it up the corporate ladder higher than Tom has. And he's talking to him, so why am I, what's going on? He says, would you tell those guys down there that I still play cricket? And he says, what, what, do you? Well, I would if I was asked. And he says, but I played cricket, remember? That one picnic, whatever. This is, and I scored. And he said, yeah, you scored one run. And you you hurt yourself. You you hurt your back scoring your run. <laughs> you know it's it's not like he's a real player of the of the game. It's, it's this this is how this is what's established. And I bring this up because there's a couple. Well, I'll get to it. So there's another bit where he's um, he's uh, the the work is pretty much done for for the time. You know, like the 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 produce is growing, their chores are taken care of, so they're just spending some downtime in the kitchen. Uh, Barbara's reading a book, and Tom is at the kitchen table playing this this game. It's a it's a table cricket or something. I, it's I don't know how it works. I didn't have a chance to look up and see if they're what the rules are to it. But he's got a notebook, and he's got like. I don't know, like nails or pins or something that he rolls along the table, and the, and apparently they, a position they end in has something to do with with the, the game of cricket, and then he he writes down the notes in his in his uh, in his in his notebook, and he, and he's you know talking about it, and uh, they're having some you know conversation while this is going on, so you know so there's a little bit of that with the cricket thing, which I don't know how that works, but okay. And then um, the bigger cricket 
uh, aspect, and this is this ties into my thinking that you know, that Tom is kind of an asshole. He's he he. There's an episode where, from his front garden, somebody had been stealing some of the produce, some leeks, which I take are sort of like onions or something. Anyway, so he this 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 fellow would walk by in the evenings once in a while, and he'd take a few. And Tom caught him. Stays up all night. He's got himself a little air pistol with that shoots BBs. And he sees the guy taking the stuff, and he he says, "All right, stop it!" You know. And he the guy runs off, and Tom shoots him in the shoots him in the ass. The guy ends up suing Tom for being shot in the ass. Tom ends up suing him for stealing the the the, the leaks. And he ends up in court, and there's a whole kind of thing that happens. And then after the court thing, and all the aftermath of that happens, uh, Tom's at home, he's in the front garden, and he's working away, and this fellow comes again. His name is Harry. Now, we learn his name is Harry, and we, we don't forget his name's Harry, because Tom says it like a dozen times. This is, oh, Harry. Now, what, ha okay, all right. Harry shows up. He says, you know, excuse me, Mr. Good. And Tom looks at him and says, yes. You know, he's real, you know, he's not happy with the guy. And he's kind of snapping at him a little bit. And and Harry's trying to apologize. And he says, well, come on in. Let's, let's go sit in the kitchen. We'll, we'll have a talk. You know, that kind of thing. So they go in the kitchen and he has Harry sit at the table while Tom kind of stands lording over him a little bit and looking very disapproving and upset with the man. And and, and Harry's, you know, trying to explain why he did. He says, I'm not a thief. I'm not, I just, there's just something, you know, he, he lives in a block of flats that just has no trees or plant life or anything around. He just saw the garden. It was just so tempting. He, he, you know, it was an aberration, he said. And Tom doesn't really accept that that explanation. And, and Harry says, I know, I know. It's just, it's like cheating. It's like having your, having one foot over the, over the foul line and claiming the catch. You know, however he puts it. That Tom realizes the guy has just made a reference to cricket. And he completely changes. 180. Now, Harry's this great guy. You oh, oh, you play cricket, do you? And he goes, yeah, I just, you know, with the local Sunday side, he says, you know, there's a group of, you know, guys that get around, you know, on Sundays and play, play some cricket. And then Tom starts lying his ass off. And I don't know why. I did, there are people that do this, apparently, and Tom's one of them, and I never got that impression from him throughout the series otherwise. But he starts making shit up. We know he's dabbled at cricket, but he he lays it on with Harry. And he says Harry several times. Oh, Harry. You know, it's just, he's, as soon as he finds out the guy likes cricket, he just, like I said, he turns on a dime on his, his, his attitude. He says, this, cup of tea. And they start talking about the game, and 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 Tom starts waxing on about how you know I had a tryout with the Curry the Surrey Colts one year, which apparently is a cricket team, and and the guys you know Harry's impressed, <laughs> and Tom's yeah you know I remember talking to and he mentioned some player about about the game about some aspects and trying to figure out how to do this one pitch or this whatever and it's just how it matters on how you grip the ball and all. he's just laying it on, and I thought. Whenever I watch that, I think, you asshole, what the fuck are you lying for? What the, what, why? Why are you lying? <laughs> I never understood that, but I guess it makes him more human. So, I mean, that's as much as I know about cricket. <laughs> um, apparently, cricket matches can last for days. 
and there be and and I think they can end up with no score. I think. So, uh, my friend uh, down in Australia, who had asked about uh, um, my thoughts of cricket, <laughs> and I told him, "says I really don't know anything about cricket. All I know is from Monty Python and and the Good Life." And he says, he says, so he sent me something. This is not something he wrote. This is something that, that apparently came out some, you know, to explain to people what cricket's all about. <clears throat> I'm going to read it to you. And I think this will clear everything up, in case you, you don't know. I think, I think this will clear everything up. Um, thank you to my friend David, down there in Australia. Thank you, David. Well, he listens. He listens to the show. Hey, David. <clears throat> figured give him a shout out. <clears throat> Here's the explanation. You have two sides, one out in the field and one in. Each man that's in the side that's in goes out. And when he's out, he comes in and the next man goes out until he goes in until he's out. When they are all out, the side that's out comes in and the side that's been in goes out and tries to get those coming in out. Sometimes you get men still in and not out. When a man goes out to go in, the men who are out try to get him out, and when he is out, he goes in, and the next man in goes out and goes in. There are two men called umpires who stay out all the time, and they decide when the men who are in are out. When both sides have been in and all men have been out, and both sides have been out twice after all the men have been in, including those who are not out, that is the end of the game. I think that clears it up. I think that we call that the ins and outs of cricket. Whew. All right, I'm going to my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I will turn after this break. Yeah, cricket. Sounds like it's, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'll be back. Bye. Life is so strange when you don't know how can you get where you're going to, you can't be sure of any situation. We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's redheaded stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Influenza season is upon us and it can be a killer. But it's not too late to vaccinate. Usually most cases of influenza in Minnesota don't even occur until January or February and the season lasts all the way through April. Get a flu shot now and you'll protect not only yourself but those around you. See your doctor or visit mdhflu.com to find a flu clinic near you. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked. 
to ztalkradio.com. to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <sighs> um, God, can I kill 25 minutes? Well, let's see. <clears throat> I guess I should mention that uh, uh, some very exciting, potentially world-changing news uh, in, in science uh, has come out this past week. This could be huge, uh, super huge. Uh, just this, this could, this is big. If everything pans out, it might be a while before we really see the the fullness of this breakthrough. But uh, there's there's something, and <clears throat> it has to do with fusion. Uh, this week, uh, scientists out, physicists out in Livermore, whatever, I don't know, some, uh, you think I'd write this stuff down. It'll be in the show notes. You know how you get to the show notes? You go to dimland.com, click on, uh, the show notes blog when you get there, and you'll get to this week's show notes, and there'll be links to stuff like that. So the more of the story will be, you know, fleshed out that way. But, um, uh, uh, it's, and also I should mention that I am, uh, coming to you once again. From the basement of Nostalgia Zone, that's the comic book store that I work for uh, here in Minneapolis. And uh, you know, if you're into comic books of um, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age, we do have some Golden Age, strong, uh, you know, sprinkled in there as well. But if you like, if you like comic books that are about movies or TV shows or westerns or war or romance, we've got those. Uh, check out our website at nostalgiazone.com. You can you can become a member. And save 10% on comic book purchases and earn uh, uh, points toward future purchases of comic books. So, you know, you should check it out. Uh, it's it's uh, The store's been getting a little bit more organized. And we had this huge, crazy sale <laughs> that's been going on all week. We have books that are on, on the shelves that, uh, that once they've been on the shelf for a certain amount of time, they start to get an extra discount to them. They'll, go, like, they'll get 10% off, and if they're on there for a little bit longer than that, they'll get 20% off. And then some of them will get, a, will get 40% off. It depends on you know, which, you know, which books they are, but there will be books that will be 40% off. Well, this past week, those 40% off books are 66% off. Now, this is the last day of it, so you're going to be screwed if you're... <laughs> you know, it's not going to help you. Sorry, I didn't know it was happening when I recorded last week, and now it's coming to an end today. So what are you going to do? Anyway, it's crazy, and we were... we were There are regular customers buying all kinds of books. One of our regular customers purchased like $700 worth of comic books, right, that he got for like 220 bucks. Because of the 66% off. That's insane. But we cleared uh, some shelf space and so we can move more, uh, you know, more inventory onto the show floor. And that's, that was the whole point. Let's see, you know, I don't know if we'll do this again, uh, but it was, it's 
kind of crazy. Last week, man, it's just pulling all that stuff. It's kind of crazy. So, <clears throat> um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, anyway, this big news. Uh, if you don't know the difference, I'll give the I'll give a quick what I know of the differences. I learned this stuff I, listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it and some other sources talk about it. Uh, we have nuclear power, right? The nuclear power plants, which is something we need to embrace. We need to get past the no nukes nonsense. No Nuclear weapons, yes, I understand not wanting those. Nuclear power plants, we need them. If we're going to get off of fossil fuels, we need nuclear power to help us do that. We need it. And it's not as horrible as as people have as the no nukes people have made it seem we need to those no nukes people all have to die off before we start getting you know some common sense saying we need nuclear power to get us off of fossil fuel will that be the final say in what our energy comes from possibly not especially now that this fusion thing's happening okay nuclear power is fission that's where uh, as i heard neil degrasse tyson explain it you take an atom and you split it into two, you know, break it up, and the two pieces of the atom that, that it became, if you were to put them back together, they would weigh less than they did before you split them. So what happened to that bit of mass? Well, that became energy. So that's what's used to, you know, to create energy through nuclear power plants and in nuclear weapons, uh, you know, the, the atomic bombs we dropped on Japan, which the United States is the only country in the world that has used nuclear weapons against another country. Bear that in mind. Yes, we were trying to end a war, but hey, I don't know. Is it a good idea? I, I happen to side with the, the, the philosophy that it was preferable to a land invasion. So, But that's, I could be wrong. Anyway, it, so that's the kind of bombs we're using there. <clears throat> Now in our nuclear power plants, we're splitting atoms, and it's it's creating you know that's where that energy is coming from because it you know and it's and it's and it works because you put less energy into producing the energy that comes out. That's what we need to have happen for it to make sense. There's less energy when when internal combustion engines were figured out. You know, the the gasoline that goes in it takes less energy to produce that gasoline to get through than than what we get from the gasoline. So that's what you. That's what's good. That's why. That's why it took over so quickly. Okay. So with nuclear power, the fission, uh, you know, it, it's they were creating energy that way. But it had the, uh, it has the positive that it doesn't create greenhouse gases. But there is radioactivity. Well, apparently with fusion, that's where you take two atoms and you put you mash them together that doesn't produce radiation, uh, radioactive waste. It doesn't produce that. And it also doesn't produce greenhouse gases. So if you take, uh, and, and, and as Neil deGrasse Tyson was explaining, you take two hydrogen atoms, and hydrogen is the most abundant uh, element in the universe. You take, the, you take two of those, crash them together, you fuse them, and they become one atom, which is, they become a helium atom. The mass of that atom is less than the mass of the two hydrogen atoms that went together. So where did that extra mass go? It went into, it became energy, E equals mc squared. It became energy, and that's where we get power. That's where we can get power. When we, a hydrogen bomb, which I didn't know this, but the hydrogen bomb uses fusion. It's uncontrolled fusion. 
So it makes a massive explosion, but it doesn't have the radioactive leftover stuff. It doesn't have that radioactive fallout coming from it. Still is massively destructive. That that's that's uncontrolled fusion. So what these physicists have been trying to do for decades and decades is trying to find a way to control the fusion to be because there's part of uh, the process that is super hot. So they got to find a way to contain that. That's why in the 80s when there was this little uh, 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 kerfuffle that came up from from some phys couple of physicists were saying claiming that they 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 found cold fusion that they could do you know to create you know get atoms together to create another atom and and pop off some energy off of that at room temperature and that would have been that would have been awesome if that could have been done but it turned out they made some mistakes and they didn't do what they thought they did so back to the drawing table the physicists have been working on it and apparently they have recently been able to do it now like i said there's uncontrolled fusion that's been doable uh there's been fusion attempts uh, to to create energy but it's more energy put in than they get out and that's not that's not going to work we need to get more energy out than we put in in order for it to be useful so, and that was not happening until the announcement this past week that they were able to do it. Uh, the fellow that makes the announcement, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll link to this stuff on, uh, on the show notes page. He's talking about, uh, the, you know, he said that uh, the, the two atoms that, that they each had, uh, you know, together it was two joules of electricity or however they measure it, two joules by joules. They pushed those together and out came three. They put in two, out came three. That's what they want to have happen. That's what they want to have work. And according to Neil deGrasse Tyson, if the, the physics is correct, if that's worked, it's now up to the engineers to make it, to, to scale it, to make it, you know, doable on a on a greater scale where we can start powering our vehicles and our cities and stuff like that, and not be worried about radioactive waste and greenhouse gases being put up into the atmosphere, this could be big. And it would be a virtually endless supply of energy. It just, it would be an absolute game-changing kind of thing, a world-changing discovery. This, this could be massively big. And, but as uh, uh, Dr. Steve Novella host of the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, which I'm going to be interested in listening to their show this week because I know they're going to talk about this. I'm sure they're going to talk about this. I want to hear their take on it. But I did read his blog at, uh, at, the, at his blog called uh, Neurologica where he talked about it and he said, this is exciting, this is great, but this isn't going to be instantaneous. This isn't going to happen next year. This isn't going to be, you know, the world's not going to change immediately. It's going to take... In his estimation, he said, you know, 30 years, 40 years, it's going to take quite a while for it to be fully realized or at least begin to be fully realized or something. It's just, but, but, it is, this is, this could be huge. So, yay, science. See, science, science works. This is, you know, it, it, this is how, this is how we advance. Oh, let's see. So my wife and I, uh, we just finished watching Dahmer, 
uh, Monster, the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer story. Uh, it was released this year. It's a, I think it's a 10-part uh, dramatic series uh, of uh, about Jeffrey Dahmer and his, his uh, insanity and his crimes against humanity. Didn't mean to rhyme that, but it worked. Um, yeah, and you know, you know who Jeffrey Dahmer was, right? Uh, he was a fellow that uh, that uh, was in Wisconsin. Uh, he would get men back to his place. He'd drug them. He'd kill them, uh, or he would attempt to turn them into zombies. Uh, but that didn't work, so he ended up killing them. He cut them up. Uh, he'd save their body parts. He'd do. He'd eat parts of them. Uh, he did all this kind of stuff. Uh, his victims, uh, for the most part, were. Uh, most of them, I think, were gay. Uh, he himself was gay, um, and you know, but a lot of his victims were either uh, black or brown uh, people, uh, men. Uh, some of them were quite young, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how many it was. Was it 19 of them? I'm not sure. And the docu uh, the the docudrama series or whatever uh, it 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 gives us somewhat of an insight to the guy uh, it's hard to understand why somebody would do something like this um, part of the explanation I think they were giving was that you know Dahmer wanted to be able to have complete control over a person that's what he desired uh, he could do that if they were dead he tried to, he didn't, he, he knew killing him was wrong. He, he just, he was, you know, he felt he was compelled to do what he did. And he, he, that's, he tried to make zombies out of them so that he wouldn't kill them, but they would be in his complete control. Uh, that's what he desired. He wanted that over other people, complete control. And he didn't, you know, he wasn't unable to get that, so he, unless he was killing them, really, uh, it's you know it it has uh, let's see I wrote down uh, um, Evan Peters plays Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Richard Jenkins plays uh, Lionel Dahmer who was the father of uh, Jeffrey, Nisi Nash I hope I got that name right, she played Glenda um, Cleveland who was the next door neighbor of Dahmer's while a lot of this stuff was going on. She could hear struggles over there, shouting, screams. Uh, she could hear uh, t power tools being used, drills, saws. She could hear this stuff. And there was this smell, the, the smell of rotting flesh, which is just horrible, but apparently Dahmer was just completely inured to. He didn't even really notice it. And she attempted... She called the police constantly. At least this is the information we got from the series. Now, how how much the series reflects real life, I don't know, but I, I think that this is probably correct, that she pushed and pushed and pushed at the police to do something about this guy, but nobody ever would. In fact, you know, she was involved in the the, the worst aspect of what had happened. I mean, it's all terrible, but the, the, the most astounding, stunning thing that happened was that one of Jeffrey's victims got away from him and the kid, he was a 14 year old kid i think he, he had you know he had been drilled in the head he'd been drugged but he, somehow he got away from jeffrey and he gets out and the police come finally they show up and they're talking to this this kid 
and they, you know, what's your name? What's you know? And then Dahmer shows up, and Dahmer says, "Well, oh, it's my boyfriend. He's drunk. Uh, he's just, you know, I just, you know, he got hurt and he hit his head or something. I just, you know, let me just take him inside and get him back to bed and and all that. He's my boyfriend." So the cops said, "All right, all right, okay, fine." And the and and Glenda, who's there, said, "You're, it's a child. You're not going to find out, uh, ma'am. It's fine. It's their their boyfriends. It's fine. Just let it, you know." And they gave him back to Dahmer. Here you go. Take him back. And Dahmer finished the job. And killed him. It's a real stain on that police department. And and, and the, doc, the series examines the systemic racism involved in in the law enforcement in law enforcement and systemic homophobia that was involved. Uh, and it's just and you know the uh, Jesse Jackson shows up in there, I think, and I and I do believe that reflects real life. He did go there, and he started talking about how this is, you know, this there's a certain double standard in law enforcement that this isn't being taken seriously enough. There are brown and black men being killed. That the heaven, you know, when once it was found out that Dahmer was doing all this stuff, once another victim got away, and this time this victim went to the police and said, "You are coming." This man tried to kill me, and then they found that, yes, in fact, he's got all kinds of evidence in that apartment of what this guy's been up to. And that means lots of body parts in the refrigerator and other places. And it's insane. I will say, okay, and then, see, there's a couple other people in this uh, series. There's uh, Molly Ringwald is in there, and uh, Penelope Ann Miller. And you almost don't... It takes a, just a moment to recognize. Is that Molly Ringwald? Because she's made to look older. She played the uh, second wife uh, um, of uh, Lionel Dahmer. Uh, not that he had two wives at the one time. He divorced his first wife, played by Penelope Ann Miller, who was the mother of Dahmer, Jeffrey. And, you know, so they had divorced. And she, she you know, she had her problems in life. Uh, and there wasn't an ideal marriage. And he wasn't an ideal father, and she wasn't an ideal mother. And Dahmer, you know, just who knows? Who knows what creates that? I don't know. It it touches on the the the, the fans that this that dig this. Once they found out about him, they would write him fan letters and send him money. They, it touches on that, and uh, it, it there's one particular episode of The Bunch. Mm, I wrote it down. What's it called? It's called Silenced. I think that's the one. Yeah, Silenced. That episode, which I think is the sixth one in there, um, it actually has uh, lets us learn about one of the victims. We get to know this guy. His name is Tony. Tony is, is in his 20s. He's a black man. He's gay. He's an aspiring model. He's, it seems like he's a really good, decent, kind, funny, uh, likable human being. <clears throat> Excuse me. It seems like, you know, as he's depicted in there, and again, I don't know how close to reality this is, but I, why would they make this up? He seems great. He's great to his family. He's great to his friends. He's just, you know, and, and we see some of his frustration that he has because he also happens to be deaf. So we see some of the frustration that he has in the single scene in, in you know being gay, going to the clubs, trying to find someone, 
finding someone that you know on the dance floor they they seem to click and it's interesting and as soon as that person that tony finds finds out that tony's deaf suddenly they're not as interested but that episode Dahmer and tony start a a relationship they get involved with each other and it's it's interesting it's it's like because after that episode, I turned to my wife and said, "You know, I didn't, I didn't understand. You know, it's like, why do these guys keep going with him? He is creepy as all hell. He puts on an act, obviously. And I guess I'm having the, you know, I know what he's doing, right? So I, when he's trying to act charming, it's creepy to me as the viewer because I know what he's doing." The characters in the scene, they don't know what he's doing. So maybe they do find him charming. He says, yeah, come back. We'll just hang out. We'll take some pictures. You know, it's nothing weird. Just some art stuff, you know. And, and he gets somebody to, you know, I'll pay you money for it. I'll pay you 50 bucks, you know. Gets people to come back to his place, and then he ends up killing them. He drugs them and kills them. And I was, I was like, I don't understand. But then... I don't understand how anybody could find him attractive, although Amy would say, well, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was a pretty good-looking guy, in good shape. Well, he wasn't that, but as he's depicted in this series, he's not very charismatic. He is as deadpan a character as you can be through most of it. Sure, he does get worked up when he's carrying out his compulsion, when he's doing his murders, you see the passion you see that happen. When he gets angry about something, you can see the the outburst, you can see that happen. But most of the time he's just this just this blank slate that is nonplussed about just about everything. And he you know, he he has two utterances that happen constantly throughout the, the series. The first one is hmm. You know, just H M. <laughs> hmm. And then the next is well. And it's, it's like that. Delivered like that. Hmm. Well. <laughs> and that's, that's how, how it is. And then he, he try, when he puts on a smile sometimes, the smile just does not. It's like, have you ever smiled before in your life? <laughs> Are you just, is this the first time you've ever smiled? It's that, it has that feel to it, which is why I thought, I don't know how anybody doesn't find him to be creepy. But Tony was this kind of guy that, they could see that, that Dahmer's a bit awkward and he drinks a bit much. Oh my goodness. The guy drinks so many beers. So many beers. It got annoying <clears throat> for, to me to watch him just another can of beer, another can of beer. Budweiser seemed to be the beer of choice. I wonder if Budweiser was, you know, paid placement in there or not. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Dry throat. So anyway, um, Tony sees you know, sees something in there and helps draw it out. And the two of them actually have a relationship. Until, and I'm sorry if this spoils it for you, but until Jeffrey gives in to his compulsion. Gives in to his murderous side. It's it, it's a good series. It's a bit of a slow burn. Uh, Dahmer... You know the character, like I said, there's a, there's a, he's not very charismatic, but, but at some point when he goes to prison, he gets weird, and I mean, he was always kind of weird. They show him in school, and he's kind of weird there, and socially awkward, and all this kind of stuff. He tries, and some people kind of play him, to to get him to do silly things, but it's just, 
it's it's a very interesting series. It's worth watching. Uh, uh, you should check it out. It, it it's disturbing. Uh, they they manage to keep away from the gore, mostly, but uh, it does give uh, interesting insights into his father and to his mother. Uh, and the other people around him, uh, the, 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 the pay attention to that that Glenda Cleveland plays a good attention to her because she tried, she really tried, to get the police to do something about him. And if they had listened to her from the beginning, how many lives could she have saved? I mean, I don't want to put it on her that she didn't say she was trying. She tried. How many deaths could have been prevented if the police would have just listened to her, taken her seriously? It's a it's an interesting series. Uh, you should check it out. It's called it's called Dahmer Monster: The Jeffrey Dahmer Story. Uh, it's worth watching. Check it out. Good Netflix. night, doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's the end of another episode of Dimland Radio. Be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Get your flu shots. Get your vaccines. Get boosters and all that kind of stuff. Come on, we're all in this, right? Let's, have, let's take care of each other and try to be nice and all that. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.